welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. You are joining us for the long-awaited episode 112. Yes, I am finally back. I know I've been back, uh, gone a while. I know it's been a while for both streaming and podcasting. There's been a lot of personal stuff going on in life that has kept me from making content. But there's going to be a new segment later in the podcast that will um, I'll get into that more. So um, when we get into that more in, in a personal uh, segment, I will talk more about that. But uh, I am back now. I don't plan on going anywhere this time. So, you know, I'm I'm back. I'm ready to make content. I have been missing it a lot. I've uh, definitely missed talking on the podcast. I've missed streaming. I've missed it all. So I'm really, really glad to be back. And uh, we're coming back with, you know, a renewed energy, but also some um, renewed ways of doing things. So we aren't going to do the same podcast that we have done in the past. What I am switching to now is a segmented show. Uh, what I realized in my long break is that although I love the podcast we were making before and I love talking about games, I have other passions too. And I want the Blaze Experience podcast to be a better reflection of everything that I'm passionate about. So um, with that, I think a segmented show makes more sense because... Then I have an outlet to talk about all my passions with you guys, and, you know, hopefully you'll enjoy that. But um, for those of you that only wanted to hear gaming talk, what I have decided to do is the first segment of every podcast will still be that gaming talk you're used to. It'll still be a uh, segmented topic about a certain gaming aspect, you know, whether it's like, okay, the best things in this game or best things in that game. So the first segment will still be kind of what you're used to. And then if you don't want to listen to the other segments, you can just head out then. But if you do want to hear more about my other passions and things like that, then you can keep going in the podcast and we'll talk about other things. So I figure it kind of serves both people. You're the people that only want the gaming talk. You guys can head out early. I won't be offended. And people that want to hear more about other things as well and hear uh, me talk to different people, then you can listen to the rest of the podcast. But segment one is always going to be a gaming segment. So we'll have um, today we're going to talk about the Borderlands 3 DLC. So that's going to be the casino uh, heist of Handsome Jack. So we're going to talk about that whole casino. It's a really fun DLC. Spoiler alert. And uh, we're going to spend... About 30 to 35 minutes on each segment is the goal. Some segments might go a little bit long, but that's about the goal time. So it's going to be about 30 minutes per segment. And this first week, we're only going to have three segments. But starting in week two, we're going to have four. So it should be about a two-hour podcast, roughly, each week. Um, this first week, we're going to have this segment. Segment two is going to be a Survivor US segment. So Survivor is a show that's been on CBS for uh, 20 years now. It started back in the year 2000 and it is still going. I know some people might be surprised by that that aren't fans of it. They're probably like, wow, that show's still on? Yeah, we get that a lot of Survivor fans. But um, Zombie is going to be joining me every week to talk about the Survivor segment. He is actually here with me today uh, to do the gaming segment as well. 
but he won't always be here for the gaming segment. The gaming segment might be other people sometimes, but he will always be here for the Survivor segment at least. So, basically, Season 40 of Survivor is Winners at War. And the reason why I decided to do a whole segment on that until the season ends is because this is a show that has played a big part in my life. And it's a show that I've really enjoyed. I've really loved to dive into the strategy of. I love to analyze it. And I think this is this season is, you know, the best one time season to do this. Basically, Zombie and I are gonna recap every episode until the season ends. That's gonna be about the next fourteen or fifteen weeks, uh, depending how many episodes they do. We're gonna be recapping uh episode Survivor in about a half hour time span. And the reason why we're doing it this time, because season 40 is a big season. It's winners at war. So season 40 of this show is 20 winners coming back to the show that have won previous seasons. So there's been 40, 39 seasons of Survivor that have happened. And out of 20 of those seasons, they're bringing winners back, 10 males, 10 female winners, and they're going to battle it out. So I think it's a really cool season. If you haven't watched Survivor in a long time... I think this is definitely the season to come back to and see, you know, oh yeah, I remember that guy won, or oh yeah, I remember that girl won. I think it's a good season to come back to and check out, and you can kind of watch along with us. The season does start uh, this coming Wednesday, on Wednesday, February 12th, so you still have time to check out the first episode, and that will be every Wednesday on CBS. Um, I use the CBS All Access app to get to that. But it's going to be every Wednesday at, I believe, 8 p.m. Eastern. So whatever time zone that is for you, you can switch that. But that's kind of what segment two is going to be. And segment three is going to be a personal segment where it might not always be a personal segment if I don't have um, something to say for the week. So I might like switch it to something random. But basically, segment three is always going to be a solo segment for me to just have an outlet to talk about whatever's on my mind for that week. So um, this week it's going to be about everything that's been going on life-wise for me. So I want to talk to you guys about that. That way everyone's kind of up to date because it's been a while since I've been back. So I want to let everyone know that hasn't been in my Discord and stuff like that, what's been going on, why I've been gone so long, and just kind of give you guys a general feel for everything. So that's what segment three is going to be. Uh, segment four won't be happening this week just because of scheduling. Uh, I wasn't able to schedule time with this guest to do this segment this week. But starting next week, segment four will be called uh, Madness with Monty. And, you know, you can kind of guess it's basically going to be a segment weekly with Monty. We're going to have Monty come back. And basically, it's just going to be a random segment to end the podcast where Monty and I just kind of goof around. Um, What's going to be interesting about that segment is I'm going to let Monty take over the podcast for that segment, and Monty is actually going to tell me what we're talking about. So I'm not going to know what we're talking about going in. Monty's just going to come in and say, all right, we're talking about this today. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll talk about this. So we might play a little mini game. Uh, spoiler alert, we might be playing a, a sort of little mini game the first time we do the segment. So I'm excited for that. That's going to be the only time I think I know going in what we're doing. But every other time after that, I'm not going to know what we're doing. Monty's just going to be deciding. He might, um, you know, 
talk about British singers, or I have no idea. So <laughs> you'd have to get with Body and ask him what the segment's going to be about. But I will be going in blind for most segments, and uh, we'll just talk and have some fun banter. So I know that was kind of a long intro, but I just wanted to explain to everyone what's going to be happening with the podcast and kind of, um, you know, what the segments will be and kind of why we're changing. So hopefully everyone's going to enjoy that. I know that for some people, um, you might not want to hear the Survivor segment as much if you're really not into that. So what I'm going to do is in the show notes, I will post uh, timestamps of when the segments uh, start. That's what I'm going to at least try to do is, okay, you know, at 2342, that's when the Survivor segment starts. Okay, at, you know, 4635, that's when the uh, personal segment starts or just whatever the times are that's just random times but whatever the times are i'll try to post that in the show notes that way if you don't want to listen to the personal segment or you don't want to listen to the survivor segment but you want to listen to the rest you can just kind of skip through it but i know that was long-winded i know that um took a lot of time but i've been gone a while and i kind of wanted to explain how we're going to structure this now so hopefully everyone enjoys that new structure but without further ado we did bring someone here to talk about some Borderlands 3 DLC for our gaming segment today. So for our gaming segment this week, please welcome back to the podcast, Zombie Killermon. How are you, Zombie? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Sorry to make you wait for that long intro there, but I'm I know. glad to have you here. Bloody hell, Blaze. <laughs> Jeez, man. Oh. <laughs> Very long intro. <laughs> well, I, I think I think it makes sense why I had to do it the whole long though. <laughs> I think it yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> but uh, are you excited to talk about Survivor with me every week? Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. And I mean, I just learned about some new stuff that obviously that you weren't as caught up on, like yet. And I can't wait to explain yeah. that part. But yeah, so I I can't wait to get into that in segment two then. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's get into this DLC then. Yeah, so we're talking the Borderlands 3 DLC, the heist of uh, Handsome Jack's Casino. And honestly, um, I'm going to go on record as saying, you know, this might be a hot take for some people, but other than the Borderlands 2 Tiny Tina DLC, to me, this is by far the best DLC in Borderlands history. So that's what I'm going with. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I said it was good, but wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It uh, might, might be a hot take, but so I'm going to basically I'm putting it right at number two. The only DLC I'd ever put above it is the Tiny Tina one. Oh, yeah. Other than that, this is the second best DLC in Borderlands history out of Borderlands 1, 2, 3, uh, pre-sequel. You know, so come at me with your opinions if you don't like that. <laughs> I love this DLC. This DLC is a lot of fun. And, you know, we had some really cool new characters. We had uh, some nice reveals in there. We got some old characters come back, so I thought this was just a perfect DLC. I mean, I don't know what more you want in a DLC zombie. Yeah, I know. I mean, that return character that we'll discuss uh, is... Wow. Uh, I didn't expect that one coming. And when that happened, I was like, I was actually pretty shocked when I was playing it on my own through it. I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> um, And not only is that zombie... But even more than that, oh. we got the best part of the DLC. We got to go to Trashlantis. 
Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, no, here he, here he goes. <laughs> he was doing this the whole time we were playing it as well, just going trash onto so the whole thing. He's literally become obsessed with that. So, if he starts blurting that out, zombie, if he starts blurting that out on stream, like that's what it is. That, this is. This is what it is, by the way. If, if, <laughs> if he starts blurting this out on stream, that's why. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I think we could say uh, my favorite part of the DLC definitely was Stretch Landis. Yeah, but um, if we do go, if we, if we, let's start from the start of this DLC, and even just yeah, the, so start the start is amazing. I love the intro <laughs> to this DLC. I absolutely love it. Like with obviously like I being mean, it being an advertisement to Jack just coming in and being he's all like whole like cocky self that he always is. Like it was so good. Like. That's what I, that's what, that's, I think this is a thing, this DLC was a thing that it, like, Borderlands 3 needed to kind of lift itself out of, like, the trench it dug itself in after the main story plot, so. Yeah, honestly, this DLC, like, made me actually really enjoy the game again, because I was still mad from the story of Borderlands 3, and I, I guess I still kind of am mad to this day, but, um, <laughs> you know, the Casino of Handsome Jack DLC, like, it, it was actually worth it, you know, it was actually worth it story-wise, it, it really made sense, it really played well. So, basically, um, the whole premise of the DLC is that we're going to Handsome Jack's a uh, huge casino, like the biggest casino that's around, the Handsome Jackpot. And the interesting thing is, we find out uh, when we get there that this casino has been locked down ever since Jack died. So the entire time after Jack died, everyone's been trapped inside this casino. So no one knows what's happened to them. No one knows who runs the thing. No one knows anything about it. All we know is that since Jack died, the whole thing's been locked down. No one has entered. No one has left. Yeah, I kind of like that, like, you, you going into the unknown about what a current status of a place is. Because normally, when you're given these missions, you already know what to expect when you go in there. But with this one, it's just like, well, you don't know what's happening in there. You don't know what's been happening. And I mean, the other thing I think they did well is the fact that they actually finally established how many years it's been since Borderlands 2, the events of Borderlands 2 took place. That being seven. So that's like, I'm glad they actually said that because I, I was questioning that when we were playing through Borderlands 3. I was questioning, like, how long has it been since the events of Borderlands 2? And they confirmed it was seven years. So. I, I, I like that bit as well, so. Yeah, that's just crazy to think about, too, how everyone's been trapped in there for seven years after he died without, like, any chance of leaving. But even before that, though, when he was alive, it sounds like the whole premise of the casino was he lets a lot of people in, but once you're in, he doesn't let you leave. Yeah, that, that's, that's the whole point of it. Once you're in, you're never going to leave. He says it so many times because that's the motto of the place. Once you're in, you you don't want to ever leave because you won't be able to because you'll have that much debt against you. <laughs> yeah, so basically he tries to stack everything against you. That way you're in debt to him and then you can't leave. You're just stuck there. Yep, exactly. Kind of actually a pretty smart plan, to be honest. <laughs> and then if you become too useless to him or like if you get too much debt where you're not really going to be useful to him at all, then he just kills you. Yep, <laughs> sums it up. <laughs> So that's Jack for you. 
So, uh, yeah. So, obviously, as it says, we, we have to heist this place. And once you go in, you realize, that obviously, all hell has broken loose, essentially. Because <laughs> there's bots killing people. There's people killing each other. Cannibals, God, God knows what you name it. It's like, it's like a mini, it's like a miniature Pandora in <laughs> this casino right now. <laughs> like, it's just haywire. Uh, and in this whole frantic mess, you figure out who the actual leader is right now who got locked up in the Jack, uh, Jack's Tower. And that being uh, a new character to introduce called Pretty Boy. Yeah. And he's, uh, kind of annoying, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And Pretty Boy is after controlling the whole place, but he needs one specific thing off of a specific somebody. And this is where we get into the returning character, because you hear a familiar voice uh, start to scream out for help. And once you help him, <laughs> it's revealed that Timothy, who you've not been, you've heard nothing of for the past seven years, is in the casino. So Timothy's the one who returned, Timothy Lawrence. Uh, that caught me off, like, that caught me off guard completely when that happened. Yeah, he's been locked down here the entire time, and that's why no one knew what happened to him, because he yeah. couldn't get any message out. So he was just Probably one of the best character returns they pretty much nailed on the head. Like, they did it so well. Like, normally because I when agree. you have DLCs, they reveal stuff beforehand. Because obviously internet reveals a lot of stuff beforehand. It's like, oh, this person returns. Oh, it's obvious this person's going to return by the name of the DLC. But with this one, it was just completely caught caught everyone off guard. Like, I saw reactions to this. And everyone's just completely caught off guard when it's Timothy who walks out. So he did it yeah, really it, well. <laughs> it was really cool seeing him. And basically we find out that... Uh, himself and all the Jack clones were trapped in there, and he's actually the last clone left. Yeah, because he's had to kill a few, uh, and the few that were actually decent human beings that were trying to help other people were killed for it, so... Yeah, so he is literally the final clone, and basically Pretty Boy wants his golden hand, because basically his hand can get access to, like, pretty much anywhere in the casino. Yeah. <laughs> And, I mean, that'd be useful to have at all times. I mean... <laughs> yeah, so basically, if Pretty Boy takes out Timothy, then he basically controls the casino for life, and no one can stop him. Yeah. Or you could just, you know, saw off his hand. I mean, that'd be a better way of solving it, but, you know. Well, I mean, assuming that he got Timothy, he probably is going to control that hand, so then no one else can ever stop him. Mm, sure. But yeah, so uh, after this, and obviously after uh, you contact uh, Moxie, who's in charge of this whole mission, uh, which I like as well, because of the history between her and Jack, I like that, how she controls this whole mission. Because um, the last thing I want is Ava controlling this mission, because it makes no sense. <laughs> um, like, obviously there's some history between them that starts to play out, and obviously I like that, because... You you get to like you get intrigued by these certain storylines that start to take place within this casino, of like you get like distrust and building trust throughout it and stuff like that. Like I like that it's building to a climax, which I love, and it's not just yeah, it's, oh it's so kind of a reason. cool DLC is like you're going to different districts of the casino and basically you're trying to recruit a small army to go after Pretty Boy and you, know, you go into Timothy's little hideout that he has first. 
And then after that, you um, take what is called the hyperway, which honestly, like, Zombie can attest to. I love this, like, little hyperway <laughs> thing in the game. Like, it, yeah. it's basically like some kind of, it's some kind of weird space car. Like, you jump in it and it, like, propels you on, like, a train like track, but it's, like, kind of, like, space oriented, like a zip line. It's like, it just shoots you off and, like, it um takes you to the next destination. It's like, I, I, it's hard to describe, but it's like yeah, I love the, coolest, the intercom. Uh, way of I love I love the intercom with that travel because Jack's over the intercom just insulting you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it's the coolest way to travel though. Like it's basically like a little space car just you know uh, on rails. So yeah. Uh, so you take the hyper uh, hi- uh, hyperwave, uh, um, and basically the first person you get is an entertainer by the name of Ember who currently yes. is entertaining people by setting them on fire. I mean, I guess that's what people like. I guess. Well, uh, sounds entertaining to me. I mean... Getting set on fire. <laughs> getting set on fire. Mm, wouldn't think that'd be entertaining. But anyway, you uh, you meet with well, her, and then the next bit you have to do is go and reclaim her ship for her to join you, because each character that you get, you're going to have to do a mission for, so you can gain their trust, so right. then they'll actually join your crew. Going back to, obviously, the trust uh, elements of this DLC, which has been playing out for the whole time. Yeah, and basically you get um, Ember, and Ember is honestly fairly cool. Um, She's not my favorite person in the DLC, but she's an interesting character, at least, and I kind of enjoyed her. Yeah, uh, I kind of like how they actually put an accent on her as well, because it's very rare you've actually heard a lot of accents within the Borderlands universe. So putting an accent on it right. makes it unique, which I like. So, but the next part of the DLC um, is winners and losers where we're at, and honestly, I, I found this kind of interesting. And basically, uh, you had already done it, so you kind of talked me through a way to like make it go faster. But uh, what you have to do is go to an information kiosk and take a ticket, <laughs> and. <laughs> Then basically you go to you know uh, impound services, you go to client services, you go to data requisition, and basically it's just leading you on like this loop of you know going back and forth, back and forth. Like it's basically something that Jack designed to never have anyone get their ships ever. Um, so you basically just you know okay, uh, ring the bell to talk to client services again, then go do it again. <laughs> but uh, zombie, you could tell people the way to actually bypass a little bit of that at least. Oh, yeah, you just killed a bot. Yep. <laughs> so, basically, if you just kill the robot, then you get the uh, key that you need instead. So. Though, it isn't actually my... It wasn't my idea, because Moxie's the one who eventually just gives up and goes, Oh, would you just shoot the damn bot already? <laughs> just so we can continue. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that far, because we didn't go through the loop fast enough, Um like, but Zombie told me before we got to that point, he's like, well, if you just shoot the bot, then you don't have to keep doing the loop. So I'm like, yeah. oh, we'll, we'll skip the loop then. I did the torture. <laughs> I, I went through the yeah. torture. I'm Zombie had to see what happened. That way you all don't have to. Yeah, and eventually she, she just gets sick of you. <laughs> and she just keeps saying, just would you kill the bot? Exactly. But then uh, at the end of that part of the mission, we uh, meet someone named Freddy and talk to him. So what's Freddy? Uh, what's Freddy? Hmm, that is a good question. Well, I mean, he's human. He's not any other creature. 
<laughs> that's what you're getting at. Well, but what's I meant Freddy? What was he about? But... Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> Freddy is basically like this very uh, like hippie style dressing kind of guy who repairs all the bots. He's like a maintenance repair guy who like essentially. I think he kind of has a thing for bot uh, for the robots, in a sense. <laughs> if you listen to some of the uh, to some of the echo logs, he kind of has like a thing for them. Treats them as like friends, buddies, as he calls them. Um, yeah, pretty weird, pretty eccentric. Uh, that's a new word for you, eccentric. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I kind of like this character. Yeah, that's a good describe I, I I like the character. He is kind of a cool character. I mean. He's not my favorite new character in the DLC, but um, I think he's an interesting character, at least. So. Well, yeah, I already know what your favorite bloody character is. I don't even have to say it. We'll get to that in a minute. But, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, essentially, uh, you find um, you find Embership, and it's actually a reference to something, <laughs> which I didn't think it would be, but my mate had to point it out to me in order for me to actually understand it, because I didn't recognize it the first time going through until I re-looked at it. It's actually, uh, you, it uses the base of the ship that you built back in Tales of the Borderlands. Yes. It's like and I'm like, that RV, is a good reference. Basically. Yes, the RV, yeah. And I was like, that's a really good reference <laughs> that I didn't even pick up on before anything else happened. Yeah, so it's kind of like uh, the last callback to Scooter in a way. Cause, like, yeah, because yeah, his flames are on the front there. of it. His flames are on the front of it, that's why. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, so... You go through, uh, you help uh, rescue uh, his little robot friend, and then you basically end up recruiting Freddy, that basically nobody wanted to recruit, so you just end up recruiting him anyway. Um, and then you move on to uh, the place that Blaze has the been referencing district. the whole thing. <laughs> well, first you go to the market district, because you have to use the hyperway yeah. and head to the Golden Trous trash chute, and basically you have to gather some trash, and... You have to pile the trash up, and then you have to detonate it. And then basically what happens is um, Stanley comes by, it's like a you know, cleaning robot, and you have to use Stanley, his keys to open name. the trash compactor. I love that. <laughs> I love that so. name. <laughs> Stanley. Uh... And then you enter uh, a new place that we've never been to. Oh, there we go. <laughs> called Trashlantis. You know what? I'll let you take over for the rest of it. <laughs> Go on, please. Take it away. <laughs> so, we we meet the amazing mayor of Trashlantis. <laughs> who always says Trashlantis exactly in that accent the entire time. Yep. That's why it's slightly annoying, but... <laughs> please becomes a dedicated follower and he's now obsessed with it. So. Yes. I have become one of the mayor's followers, and I will follow him down the trash route into Trashlandis. If the aim was trying to intent, if it was trying to gain followers by doing this, then you did a good job. Hey, zombie! I'm sure there's you know thousands of people listening right now that want to follow me down that trash chute. So, I mean, th- this sounds like a good prospect, right? I, I I was only just dragged here so we could finish the mission. To be honest, I didn't want to go in. <laughs> But yeah, almost instantly, I just kept repeating Trash Lantis, and Zombie's like, oh my god. Yeah, and eventually, I wanted to murder him. I literally, at some point, just left him to deal with the bots, because I couldn't be bothered with him. 
<laughs> no, there's even points like towards the end of the DLC where I'm like, oh, zombie. Uh, yeah, you heard about. <laughs> and then I acted like I was going to talk about something else, but then I just said trash scientist. And yeah, like, oh. and he'd say trash scientist, and then I just get the final boss to like stamp on him and knock him down. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, that gets to shut up now. <laughs> Uh, but um, what, what else could you say about the mayor other than that he says trash Lantis in a weird accent the entire time? <laughs> Nothing else. <sighs> well, I mean, he was the tailor for Jack. That's the thing why you have to get him so you can make a suit for Timothy so he can actually get through the defenses that are set up. So. Well, yeah, and like basically his whole thing, too, is that he is trying to um run this like little city they've made inside the trash chute and basically it's for all the people that want to live outside of pretty boy's control because pretty boy doesn't obviously go in the trash chute so um basically they built like a mini society in the trash chute where pretty boy has no uh control over them so that's kind of what the whole premise of trash Atlantis is yep so they, they live in a trash suit with um all the trash that's been sent down there. So, yep. I think they're all insane. Let, let's be honest. Well, not the mayor though. The mayor's a cool guy. Nah, I think the mate. I think the mayor went insane as well. But you know, enough about that. Because <laughs> I feel like Blaze will murder me if I continue to uh, back talk the mayor. <clears throat> yeah, don't back talk my mayor, zombie. Yeah, you know, he's gonna get elected as a mayor in somewhere in the U.S. too. He's gonna come out of Trash Lantis one day. He's gonna be like, "All right, I'm gonna make a Trash Lantis in the U.S." But bloody 2024 bloody president. <laughs> Maybe you know, mayor of Trash Lantis, he could do it. Jesus, because President Trash Lantis. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, I've just started something now. Oh god, what have I done? Yeah, his his campaign speech will be Trash Lantis for all. <sighs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, it's at this point where you have to gather parts so he can build uh, a constructor so that he can stop uh, the what he calls the great metal beam, which is just a beam that's stopping the trash chute from working properly. Uh... From yeah, they basically, basically want to falling. reinforce it that way. It, it can yeah. never um, so, <laughs> be used yeah. again. So basically, um, the f- we get our first boss battle of the uh, entire DLC here at this point. We're like halfway through the game at this. Well, the DLC at this point, um, and it's a claptrap boss battle, which I did not expect, and I was actually pretty surprised that it's actually pretty fun to do, to be honest. I didn't think killing crap, uh, bloody no scrap traps would be fun, but you know, it is kind of fun though. Honestly, I enjoyed it. Yeah, you can take out your aggression. <laughs> <laughs> All those time, clap trap has pissed you off. You can just do that. Uh, that boss but, battle is fun. And you have to get inside uh, Tony Bordell's fort as well, too. Yeah, and you have to grab um, one of the parts from there. Uh, and then you have to take, you have to escort that constructor all the way to the beam, and every single time it cowers and has to be hacked in order for it to move again. Yep. Which becomes a pain, <laughs> but you know, Freddy's but got it because Freddy more, randomly more turns time up. More in Trash Lantis, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah and the only thing there. I question is how Freddy ended up getting to Trash Lantis when he wasn't with us. 
How did he get there? He used the trash chute. Where there's a massive metal beam that blocks the trash chute from even be working, yeah. Well, we got in there, didn't we? Yeah, but we went through a different one. We didn't go through the main one. <laughs> he didn't follow us through because the door shut behind us. Well, you know, maybe he blew up some trash as well. Maybe he's like a... Fair. You, you don't know what he did, I mean... Fair. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, uh, you reinforce it. The uh, claptrap that has now been infused into the constructor sacrifices itself. I put that in quotations because then it realizes that it's not dead and now is lonely. Yeah. <laughs> And you actually do get an achievement if you talk to it afterwards, if you go and visit it. So, I like that addition. Yeah, it's like, oh, you came to visit me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's so good. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's literally just sitting there shouting at you. It's like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs> Anytime. All eternity. It's like, don't forget Alone. me. <laughs> Alone. So lonely. <laughs> oh, I felt sorry for it. <laughs> but basically after that we are all kind of meeting at a boardroom table talking about the plan to take out pretty boy and we return a case to uh timothy and then we have to defeat our next boss uh trixie nick uh well i wouldn't really say this is a boss because it doesn't have a health bar it's just essentially just a standard enemy that you kill in like two seconds flat <laughs> Uh, no, zombie. He is a boss. He he's as good as like uh, defeating you know Nakamura there. I mean, it's a huge battle. Do you mean Nakayama? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> close enough. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you were well off, but I I like that slide. <laughs> the guy that fell on the stairs. That guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and at that point you can realize that it's incredible sarcasm because this boss yeah. literally I walked up to it when we did the playthrough and. Instantly killed it with a headshot. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I was like a little bit behind you steps wise. And basically, I'm like, okay, let's go face Trixie Nick. And he's, Bang, like, dead. Like, he's already dead. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's already dead. No, <laughs> <laughs> so I like, do yeah, like the I'm transition like... where it brings up a high board and you're crossing off every objective that you've done for setups wise. And then you keep uh, flashing in and out in between each setup that you're doing rather than having to travel back and forth. I love that. Yeah, and then basically you activate some switches and you have to defeat Handsome Jacket and Handsome Slacks. Um, again, not an actual boss. Um, <laughs> they yeah, instantly just, get murdered. They're just like, they're, they're like just little things that are in the way. Uh, yeah, it's significant, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, after you've done all these setups and uh, got everything prepared... Uh, you then have to uh, get into the place where uh, you have to use Timothy's skills to actually get in. And I love the moment where he gets back into Jack as a whole and just starts talking to the computer because obviously Jack had everything passworded using computers and stuff and DNA yep. stuff. <laughs> and him just talking to the computer and Jack's voice is just like, I love this. Because <laughs> he brings back the classic coat, the actual full model back. Like, it's re it's a really good, like, reference. Yeah, and at one point he's, like, um, talking to Moxie on the radio, 
and he's talking as Jack, and then afterwards you realize, like, oh, yeah, shit, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he talks to us, and just go, oh, let's go, kiddos. Uh, uh, yeah, I hate myself. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> Even acknowledges how much of a dick he is. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we uh, find out, you know, where the station core is, and um, that's kind of a fun place. Yeah, you and run through that. At the end of that, um, we have to defeat the fabricator. Yeah, but before that, uh, a dramatic reveal that Freddy is actually uh, a double crosser and actually betrays us. Because the person that we didn't want to do this heist definitely wasn't very predictable to be a traitor. Just saying. Yeah. Could have that could have been better. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it, it so was pretty um, easy to read it all along. But yeah, it was so predictable. <laughs> hey, as long as it wasn't the mayor. I mean, if the mayor was the traitor, I would have been so disappointed. I would have loved if it was the mayor. To be honest, because that would have been a really good uh, blindside. Like, I would have been, been like, oh my be. god. I was like, okay, damn. Imagine his boss battle, though, he's just throwing, like, trash at you. <laughs> well, if it ended up being the mayor, like, I probably would have had to just say, okay, zombie, go on, you finish the mission. I'm gonna yeah, run. I kill him. Crash Lantis. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll go and kill him, and then you can carry on doing whatever. <laughs> I would run Trash Lantis for the people. I would do it for them, zombie. <laughs> so then, obviously, we go on to versing the uh, Fabricator. And we kill that pretty quickly, to be honest. Uh, if you have the right yeah, equipment. Yeah, it's really not that hard of a battle. It's not that hard of a battle if you have the right equipment. If you don't have the right equipment, then you will probably get slaughtered. Just saying. <laughs> okay, make sure you have a corrosive weapon. Just make sure for this whole DLC you have something that has a corrosive element damage to it. Or else you're just going to have a hard time. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you have something that's corrosive at all just used it because basically that'll help you a ton because everything is weak against corrosive uh but yeah after that uh it's time to storm the tower because every all the turrets are down everything that was stopping us from getting there yep and we storm in there and the first thing uh, we have to do is kill freddy and his entrance is a very iconic one because I absolutely love the entrance for his boss battle. <laughs> uh, with the two yeah. bots and him just doing the splits and then the pants it just comes up off. And, says, and then it comes up and says Freddy the Traitor, undressed for success. <laughs> yeah, so good. Love that intro. But then the boss battle itself is pretty easy. Well, the bots provide more of a harder challenge to even get to Freddy because they, uh, yeah, they deal um, tons of damage. His two bots are called Dandelion and Petunia. And basically, he's doing like split between them, and it's very hard. To I would agree him. with, I would agree with you. The bots are probably harder than Freddy is. <laughs> yeah, because the bots are designed to protect him, and they do so much damage to you. It's astonishing. Like at any rate, the bloody bots should have been the bloody boss battle because they do so much damage to you. <laughs> it's annoying, but you defeat Freddy, and then it's time for the ultimate battle of versing Pretty Boy. And oh, when the camera pans down to Pretty Boy, he's just a midget. Oh, okay, this battle's gonna be easy, but then, nope, a massive handsome Jack robot rises up behind him, and he jumps in that, and you have to do a, what I think is really fun, is a four-stage boss battle against him. It is kind of fun, yeah, the boss is called Jackpot. When you yeah, him. Jackpot, yeah, and uh, uh, basically, uh, you have to do, you have to uh, get rid of three uh, three levels worth of his armor, and then one of health, where he's at his final state, and he becomes unbearable to actually even hit. As a target. <laughs> he does so much damage on his final stage, it's astonishing. 
<laughs> yeah, it's honestly a fun boss battle, and yeah, uh, it has like a fire tornado, it has like you know targeting weapons, like it has several different types of weapons that like throughout the stages that um. It's quite varied because you know each phase it actually he builds up. Yeah, he builds up his armory even more through each stage, and I love that because it's a very unique boss. Um, so essentially, uh, after you've done all that, um, you then have to stop um, the protocol. Um, fuck everyone! I'm a rich fuck. Uh, uh, protocol, whatever it's whatever it was called. Um, uh, screw everyone! I'm a rich fuck. That's the protocol. Because Jack is was a rich fuck, and I was dead. But yeah, very fun times. Um, uh, but yeah, because that protocol is sending it. Uh, we've got to mention this. But uh, the actual handsome jackpot in itself is between two black holes, and that protocol is sending yep. the actual whole casino into a black hole <laughs> as a last resort. And the only way to do, uh, to stop it is to have the golden hand. But because Timothy is trapped in a laser cell. The only way he can do anything in a stroke of last minute thinking is he uses the laser to chop off his own hand and then you use it to stop everything. And then there's a massive like really like like final motion where he's just talking to Moxie, which I really love the interactions between them. Um, Yeah, it's really cool at that point because basically, you know, Timothy's actually turning out to be like a really cool guy. And he's like, you know. You guys just go, you know, don't worry about me. Like, you know, I'll just uh, go down yeah. with the ship kind of thing. And I was going to leave her anyway. Like, well, yeah, and, and Mox is kind of like, well, we're not going to leave you behind. I mean, like, yeah. you actually helped out. Like, and then the interaction at the end of it is just like, oh, well, well, why did you take Jack? He was so bad. And it's like, uh, like, did you not even know it was me? And then, like, I love the reference she makes to that because obviously the pre-sequel, like, if I knew you were Jack, I would have shot you the minute you stepped up to my bar. I love that. <laughs> Because <laughs> obviously you yeah. could play as him in the pre-sequel, and obviously she had a bar in that where you could play. Obviously you could step up to the bar, and if obviously like I love that call back back to that because obviously we wouldn't have a Timothy right now if she would have shot him. So, <laughs> and that wouldn't be cool. Yeah, I, I love all that reference because then he's just generally surprised that he didn't cod her out. He's like, this is the only person he's never codded by being Jack. So. And then that's a sense of relief for him as well, because obviously he goes running off into the sunset <laughs> as he gets renamed to uh, Moxie's Jackpot. So, well, Big Score, sorry. It's called Big Score. But yeah, uh, he gets renamed to that, and that pretty much sums up the story for uh, the DLC. Yeah, so that does it for that, basically. And, you know, um, honestly, it, even with us talking about it, like, we talked through basically everything that happens, but. It's a really fun DLC, and if you haven't yeah. tried this DLC yet, I would still go do it. I mean, yeah, uh, even if just for the Trash Lantis Mary, you, know, you got to do it. For <laughs> and him. I mean, we haven't even discussed like all the weapons and stuff like that because, to be honest, I'd rather leave that as a surprise for you guys to go out and explore them because a lot of the weapons are actually really good. So yeah, we, we won't we won't spoil the weapons. We won't spoil that. We just talked about the story at least, but yeah, well, the story is a really fun story. Though. Yeah, the story is really fun, and all the weapons are really good. So just get get looting, essentially. <laughs> yeah, so loot all the loot and bring it back to Trashlantis. No, no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna have to break that out in the Survivor segment too, right, Zombie? Oh no, don't you dare! <laughs>
I'll, I'll be talking about, you know, uh, poverty going dumpster diving for idols and trust Lantis. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so that sums up the DLC, really. Um, it was really fun. Like, I enjoy it. It's definitely yeah. in the top five. Nothing more I can really so say. So where really. would it... Where is it going to rank for you then? Because I'm already going on record number two overall for me for Borderlands DLC. So you say top five, give it a number officially. Three. Number three? All right. Which two are you putting above it? Probably Tiny Tina, right? Tiny Tina's in one. What's the other one above it? The other the other one above it is actually what you'll be very surprised about is the Thunderdome from the first game. Okay. I enjoyed doing I that. I can't remember if we did that one. Did we, we did. Do that? We did, yeah. Remember, okay, it's that Endless so. Arena, where it's like different bosses as like the final boss. Battle. Okay, yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember that, yeah. I enjoyed yeah, doing that. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't bad to me, just I kind of like the story DLCs a little bit better, so that's yeah. why that wouldn't rank as high for me. But Yeah. Well, yeah, that's all we have for you know, the Borderlands 3 DLC. Um,. Just in case people are heading out now and they don't want to listen to the other segments, Zombie, where can people find you? Uh, well, you can find me in Blizzard Streams uh, all the time. And uh, if you, you can also find me on Discord at uh, ZombieColorama. And as for me, if you are heading out now, I do appreciate you listening to our gaming segment. But you could contact me via email, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. You can find me on the Discord, which will be in the show notes. You can contact me via Twitter or my Xbox Live Gamer Tag, which is all, both going to be at Blaze Experience. That's capital B L A I S E, capital X P E R I E N C. And if you want to find the podcast, um, it's getting put on YouTube through a uh, service I use. It is also on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Podbean. And many of the directories. So just check any directory you want. And uh, give us a review if you have reviews on your directory. I, the most important reviews are on Apple Podcasts. Because that's uh, the most used podcast platform. So reviews on there definitely help. But I would definitely appreciate any reviews. Uh, anyone wants to leave. Because more reviews means more people find the podcast. So, But um, you know, if you are done with the podcast for the day. I do appreciate you being here. But... If you are going to continue on with us to try out these new segments, um, we're happy to have you. So we will see you in a second in segment two. And welcome back for segment two. Thank you for sticking with us. We are doing our Survivor 40 preview because the premiere happens on February 12th on Wednesday at, I believe, 8 p.m. Eastern. So I'm very excited for this. I know Zombie's a big fan. I know I've talked to some other people in the gaming community that are big fans as well. So, um, you know, hopefully people will enjoy this. And I'm really excited to, you know, go over this season, um, all season with Zombie. And basically what we decided to do is we decided to just have some fun with it. We're going to draft for a winner in this preview podcast. So, Zombie and I are going to both make teams of nine. There's 20 players in the season. So, we're both going to draft nine players each. And... Our sole goal is to pick who is going to be the winner of the season. That does mean, yes, two players will go undrafted, but we're doing that on purpose just to see if we can make fools of ourselves because if one of those two players is undrafted wins, 
that means Zombie and I both failed epically. Right, Zombie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll see if we can uh, get a winner or become failures. But uh, in addition to that, though, we're also both going to make a winner pick uh, for the season before the season starts, which does not have to be on your team. So, like, say, for example, um, I draft Ben, and that's Zombie's winner pick. He can still say that's his winner pick, even though he didn't get the draft because somebody might steal the person you want in your draft. So... Um, we'll both make our official winner picks at the end as well. But before we get into our draft, um, which I should actually say too, we're basically going to talk about each person individually when they, we draft them. So, you know, the person that we draft like 17th won't get talked about until we draft them. So, um, we'll talk about them very, very briefly, just so we can keep this segment about 40 minutes as well when we draft them. But Zombie wanted to talk a little bit about the, um, first five minutes of the episode because, CBS did um, release the first five minutes as a teaser, so Zombie, take it away. Okay, uh, so I only saw this this morning, and I was like very, very excited for it. Um, so essentially, and I have not have seen these... it. So I'll watch yeah. it later today. So essentially, you get the usual with these interviews and stuff like that uh, for like certain people that they've picked. Uh, uh, so like the first one that gets uh, to say their piece is Tony. Uh, then it switches over to, uh, and just to note, note this as well, that the tra- they come in on the boats uh, based on gender. So there's, uh, all the males are on one boat, all the females are on one boat. Um, yeah, I, I did see that part at least because um, last week they did a special like um, kind of hype show sort of. Like, you know, yeah. 40 Seasons of Survivor. It was like a bunch of clips basically, but at the end of the clip show... They did show about, I'd say, the first minute of the episodes. I saw about the first minutes. I saw that. Yeah, so the the, the interview Pacific people and those Pacific people, you have uh, Tony, you have Ethan that gets interviewed, you have Amber, uh, you have uh, Poverty, um, and I think you have... Oh, who's it now? Uh, and I know Sandra I that says that um, she's surprised that Rob and Andrew are here together. Uh, thingy, um, uh, so essentially... Uh, they land on the main coast, uh, and it's a smooth landing for uh, the males. But for the females, it's not as well, because about half of them, when they try to get off the boat, fall over. Overboard. Uh, um, people like Denise, Amber Falls, uh, bloody, uh, I think Danny Falls as well. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of them just fall over, because great. And Tyson, immediately playing the game, keep this in mind, this is the first point I pick up on, he immediately makes a joke about it. He says, like, oh, have you, uh, felt, uh, have you like, touched the water yet, uh, girls? Like, making a joke towards it. And I'm like, he's playing the game already, trying to get in there and socialize with them already, before the game's even started. Uh, and then it cuts to, obviously, what you said about Sandra then realizing that Rob and Amber are there. And then she starts talking about uh, Island of the Idols, how uh, basically she feels betrayed because Rob didn't say he was playing and he, she didn't know Amber was coming and she feels really betrayed by him because of that. Which I um, think is bullshit, honestly. Like, I mean, you should have known that that uh, Rob was... Well, she was more upset that Rob was going to be there because he never told her on the previous season when they were out there together. But yeah, exactly. you should have yeah. known Rob was going to be there. Like, Amber might be a surprise, but you should have known Rob was going to be there. Yeah, and because as she's talking about this, you have people like Wendell, Ethan... And you all that immediately pick on the fact that Amber's there and immediately go, well, your wife's out here, isn't she? And, and he Rob's like, yeah. So immediately they've picked up on that. Well, yeah, so e- just like, Ethan, like, taps him on the shoulder. He's like, oh, you brought your wife, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, and then Yule jumps in, and then Wendell's there to jump in there. So you realise that now this is starting a web around Rob. So now immediately you see these three targets that have already been declared here. Sandra's obviously a massive one. Rob and Amber are now getting targeted right off the bat. And Tyson, you can already see, is going to be a massive influence with, with this game because immediately he's trying to slot himself in and he's doing it well. So, uh, and then they have these different interviews about talking about it. Um, and most like Jeremy has his piece. Uh, Adam gets a piece in the... Um, and essentially, it all builds up to obviously then next week, obviously, we're going to have... When does that war start? And essentially, that's the little glimpse that you get that you have these specific people already massive, massive targets on their back already. Especially Rob and Amber. There's multiple people now gunning for them. You can tell. Well, I, I can't wait to see the episode. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it, so. Yeah. So, on to uh, Adrafe. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I can't wait for the episode, and... I definitely knew that all these winners would definitely gain, so we'll see what happens. But. Yeah. Um, so do you want to do this snake draft style, or just draft one player, then I draft one player, like that? Do you want to do uh, just traditional draft, or do you want to do snake style, where one person picks, then the next person picks two in a row, next person picks two in a row? How do you want no, to just one, 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 one. I think would be better. One, 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 one? Okay, yeah. got it. Whoa. Do you want the... First pick, or do you want to go second? Oh, go on. You know what? Uh, host goes first. Always the All one. right. Go on. Appreciate that. So, I am going to pick... Um, I think you already know who I'm going to pick. I, I am going to declare already. We don't have to wait till the end of the podcast. This is my winner pick. Uh, I am <laughs> going to draft first Tyson Apostle. So, uh, Tyson is the winner of Survivor... Blood versus Water, the second edition. Uh, this edition features some returning players, including himself. And um, honestly, it was a pretty masterful win, but he doesn't get talked about a ton as one of the great players. I think it's because he has a lot of charm and he has a lot of humor to him. So basically, Tyson is like one of the most underrated like great winners because a lot of people don't really think of him as a huge threat. Just because he's able to charm you and be funny, and he kind of disarms you, that way you're not thinking about how smart he is. But Tyson is very, very smart, and I, I really think he's going to win again. So um, Tyson's my guy. Right. That's immediately caught me off guard, because when we were talking about this originally, you said Yule as your pick to win. I didn't say he was my pick to win. You did. You were constantly saying Yule as your pick to win. I said that I had picked Yule to win his original season, and I got that right. No, but you were saying for this. You, okay, so you've changed your mind. Okay. I like that. No, I didn't change my mind. So I've did. always had Tyson's my winner pick. <laughs> no, I have not. Ask anyone that's talked Survivor with me. I've always had Tyson the entire time leading up to this. Well, you uh, so, you've, so, you've, uh, so you've just drafted uh, Tyson. That pretty good pick, to yep. be honest. I was having him in mind right off the bat. Um, now... Uh, to get into mine, because uh, I haven't talked a lot about anything that I'm going to pick yet. And one person, this is uh, like one person I think has an advantage here is Adam. I think Adam has a massive advantage right. here because he's so underestimated. In his original season, he was underestimated, and he made it to the end because of that, and as well as his pretty good social player. But he isn't talked about a lot because he played a very under the radar game. 
But it's it and was Adam a won good one. season thirty Millennials versus Gen X. That was his yeah. one season. Um, but yeah, uh, he had he has that about him to do the exact same tactic again and win because he's very underestimated. Like I don't think a lot of these people, like all these winners, are gonna even think of him as a threat right off the bat. Like he's definitely probably gonna make it to the merge and then be able to just slot himself in there, or if he already if he hadn't already done that by that point. Yeah, so. I think Adam could um, sneak under the radar a little bit. What I worry about with Adam, though, and by the way, I got the number wrong. It was uh, season 33 was Millions of Um I was just yeah. drawing a blank on the number. But um, what I worry about with Adam, though, is he's definitely known as the super fan of the group. So I think he could actually get targeted just because people know he knows everyone's game. Like, Adam is going to have come into this game studying all these players he's probably like rewatched all their seasons like five times over yeah so he knows every move they make so like i i think they all know that and for that reason adam could get it targeted mm, fair enough yeah i'll give you that so uh but who do you pick um my next pick is and it, I'm not going to go all male heavy here, but I am going to pick a male next because um, I was between Tyson and this person as far as my winner pick. Uh, the last few seasons, I had picked females to win, and it did not work out because we had five male winners in a row. So, <laughs> but um, this season, I'm actually going the opposite. Route. I'm, I'm picking a male winner, and it's probably going to be a female winner. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to take someone else that. Um, I thought could do really well in the season they won. I did not officially make them my winner pick, but they were my backup winner pick in that season, and they won. And they're kind of um, sort of my second-in-command, you know, backup winner pick in this season as well, which it won't count if it, they win again. It won't count, just like it didn't count last time. But they are the person that I would probably pick second and uh, watch them win again, maybe. But I'm going to take Jeremy Collins. Uh, Ooh, Jeremy, I think okay. Jeremy... Yeah, I think Jeremy really could win. I think he's a really big threat. He won his season 10-0. He got all the votes. He won uh, Survivor Second Chances, which was um, season 31. Yeah. And honestly, um, that was an amazing season. It's one of my favorite seasons that's ever happened. And he really just um, basically won by having let's. He won by having a bunch of uh, bigger targets around him and kind of hiding within the midst of those targets. And I think he's going to play the same strategy this time. He's kind of gone on record of saying that he's going to keep the same strategy. And I think it could work for him because there's a lot of big targets in this season. And I don't think people are immediately going to think of Jeremy, which yeah. um, that's kind of the same thing with Tyson. Like, I don't think when you think of big targets, you don't think of Jeremy and Tyson. And I think that's why either one of them could win because... They're both guys that really disarm me with their charm. And Jeremy has a family and he has kids. Tyson has kids as well. So I think both of those guys are really going to be able to get in with anyone. And I think both of these guys could really get along with any person this season. Yeah, the only thing I'd have to say about uh, both of those picks is the fact that uh, they may be underestimated at the start. But when it comes to like... Uh, goats that they uh, that they refer to them in the game, they might have considered as that, and then that's how they become a threat. That's how I think that might occur. That's definitely something yeah, that might yeah. happen because if I if you're saying like obviously because Adam's gone and watched every clip, he's gonna know what Jeremy's trying to do right off the bat. He's gonna know what Tyson's trying to do off the bat, and he might try to gather to rally them out first. That's all I say. 
No, that could happen. Yeah. So, anyway, so going on to my pick now, and this is one that you probably aren't going to expect. Wendell. Ah, uh, that's who, a great pick, honestly. I, I think yeah. Wendell could actually win this. Yeah, Wendell, uh, who was the winner of uh, Ghost Island and made history as that was the first ever finale that had a tie vote. And it had to go down to the third person who was there at the time. <laughs> like, that was, like, history in its making. But I think that was good as well because he was able to get votes. He's, he's a physical... He's physical, which means he can easily win immunities if he makes it to the merge. And he's very, very... He has a very good social game. A very good one. And he knows how to find idols. So, he, yeah, for me, in my mind, he has a very good chance of winning this. And I'll just say this now. That is my pick to win the season. Ah, Wendell. All right. That's, yeah. that's a good pick, honestly. I, I could see Wendell winning it. Um, Wendell's another guy that's in the same mold as Jeremy and Tyson, where... He has a lot of charm, and he really disarms you. And yeah. I think um, Wendell's going to get along with a lot of people, and I don't know if he's going to be really seen as a threat until it's too late. So, yeah. Um, I, I think Wendell has a great shot to win, too. He he might have been one of my next few picks. So. <laughs> but people are already going to get mad at Zombie. You know, we've had uh, four male picks so far. Uh, I think it's time to make a female pick here. Oh, I've, I've already got one in the back yeah. next anyway, so go on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm between a couple people here that I think could really win this, but um, it's tough because I, I think there's a couple of females that really have an awesome shot in this, but screw it. I'm going to go out in a world. I think this person could become a target um, early. But if they don't become a target early, I think it's going to be too late. And I think that they could pull out the win. So I'm going to go with Kim Sproudman. Mm, Kim. Okay. She's definitely going to have a uh, major threat right off the bat. I guarantee because of how physical she is. I can guarantee that. Yeah, she's definitely going to be a threat. And some people have already talked about her being a threat. But yeah. she was the winner of Survivor One World uh, Season 24. And... She played one of the most masterful games in Survivor history. A lot of people regard her as the um, most dominant winning season of all. Because from start to finish, she basically dominated her entire season. There's only one person that ever um, really posed any kind of threat to her in the whole season. That was Troyzan. And um, basically, no one would work with Troyzan when it was time to work with him. So basically, uh, besides Troyzan, every person in the game just fell in line. They're like, oh, yeah, we love you, Kim. Please win for us, please. <laughs> they all just bowed down to her pretty much. So Yeah. That's, yeah. So um, <laughs> obviously that's not what's going to happen in this season because they're all winners and they already know what she's about. But I think there's enough big targets early on, you know, in like Parvati, Sandra, Boston Rob. Amber because she's Boston Rob's wife. Like I think there's enough big targets in the beginning that Kim could potentially get lost in the shuffle early on. If she gets a good swap when they go to the swap tribes, yeah. I think Kim could really um pick up this game because if she gets a good swap and she swaps with a couple of people she can work with, she could take over that swap tribe, then go into the merge, and once it's merge time, I think it's going to be hard to... Uh, consider targeting Kim at the merge because once it's merge time, 
they're probably going to look at people like, oh, wow, we got to get out like Ben or like, you know, somebody that's actually going to be a huge immunity threat. Kim doesn't really strike you as a huge immunity threat. So I think there is a path for Kim to win again. Yeah, there is. But uh, I disagree with you at the point where um, she she's definitely going to be a big threat when she does get to the merge, if she does, for winning immunity because of how physical she is. So she could I, be. I mean, yeah, I, I think I she plays like a card she not. Though even I can say that I probably like people like Wendell will be a threat as well if he makes it there. I I've already had that right. considered in my mind. So you are up. So okay. So mine's a female. It's Sophie. Sophie's a good pick. Um, yeah. I think she will blend in pretty well. Yeah, she. Yeah, I'm I'm picking all of these players that are usually like who play under the radar because. Most of the time, those are the t- type of people that end up controlling this game towards the end. So, uh, that's what I'm trying to go for here. And with Sophie, she's one of those players that did a really good job of doing something, like, as I just explained, with South Pacific, when she won that season. Which was season 23. Uh, she did a really good job with that season. Yeah, I think Sophie's a great pick, and... Um, I think she's someone that is underestimated in how smart she is because she's a lot smarter than some people um, think at first glance, and I think she's going to be able to use that to her advantage. Uh, I think she can pretty much get along with anyone. Um, She basically, you know, in her season, she kind of played second fiddle to coach, and she kind of led coach along to the slaughter, and then at the end, uh, at the end final, final travel council, she basically, you know, just took over, and she's like, hey, I'm your winner, so... That's kind of how I saw it. I mean, like, um, some people, um, I don't think there's a ton of people, but some people thought Coach should have won. But honestly, Sophie played a much better game, and uh, I'm definitely on Team Sophie for that. Um, Next up, I am going to go... Oh, he's struggling now. (laughs) I'm going to go with Michelle Fitzgerald. I'm going to go with Michelle. Um, Damn it. <laughs> Michelle is someone that doesn't get a lot of credit for her win because in her season Survivor One World, uh, which was season 32, a lot of people think that the person that got second, Aubrey, should have won. But Michelle played a very uh, great game, a game that is very underrated by a lot of Survivor fans and players. And I think she's coming in here with sort of a chip on her shoulder. And I think she's going to use that to her advantage, but I just I worry a little bit that she's going to overplay just to try and prove herself when she doesn't need to overplay too much because I think she needs to play a little harder than she played in Korong, but I think she needs to um, not jump out too aggressively at the start because if she jumps out too aggressively at the start, she might actually get targeted uh, faster than some of those big targets because. They don't want to see someone, you know, trying to take over the game that early. So I think if she just kind of, you know, plays it easy in the beginning, then um, I think around the swap is when she should start turning it on a little bit. And I think she plays it that way. She might um, have a good chance to win this. I think she has definitely kind of like Sophie with your pick. Um, I think she's very underestimating how smart she is. And she plays an amazing social game and she can really get along with people. And I think she's going to have a good chance. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good pick. I actually had her on my picks. You stole her. Oh, so annoyed. You are up. Um. Okay. 
Oh, you've lost... Damn, I'm lost here now. Okay, so I'll, I'll go with the backup. Okay, so my backup is uh, is Ben. Ben, all right. Yeah, and the reason I say Ben is because when the merge happened, apart from being uh, the way, like, being a very good, like, social... Like, at the start, he was a very good social player. And then at the end, his game was a little bit cocky, but he was finding these idols to keep himself in constantly. Like, and in a game like this... Doing something like that is something that is going to be crucial. Like, just finding idols after idols after idols, but it'll also put a threat on him. I guarantee that, because obviously they'll know that this guy can find idols if they've watched him play. Yeah, what I think that's what he's um, known for, is like the idol finder. But I think a lot of people, um, as it's been said by Rob himself on um, RHEP, uh, Rob has a podcast when he wants to check that out. That's a amazing Survivor podcast, and I listen to it every uh, week. He talks about you know a lot of aspects of this. He does so many hours of Survivor coverage. We're just gonna do like a half hour a week. Like this guy does like hours and hours a week. So <laughs> um, definitely check out Rob as a podcast with uh, former player Rob Cicinino. But um, he said you know often on there that a lot of people think of Ben as just the idol guy, and that's true. I mean, a lot of people only see him as that kind of guy, and they don't actually see that he has uh, a good social game too, because before he became like public enemy, because you know they all knew he was going to win, he actually was playing pretty well socially, and I think he could actually go under the radar in this and um, potentially win. I do worry about him in a merge situation as you know maybe uh, a target for immunities, but I think um, he could do well. Yeah, I worry about him for a swap as well. If a swap doesn't go his way, he's kind of screwed. All right, we're going to try and do um, the rest of this draft a little bit speed fire, just so um, we can kind of keep this around 40 minutes. So um, we're going to talk a little bit less about our next picks, and then we'll kind of talk about them more in the premiere episode, probably. But my next pick is going to be Ethan Zahn, Winter Survivor Africa, the third season. Nice. Um, I think Ethan has a great shot to go under the radar and win people over because people are going to think that he can't play the modern game possibly and i think he has a great story if he gets to the end you know he's a two-time cancer survivor and i think um he really wants to make this time count you know his second time back he uh lost in survivor all-stars but that was even so long ago that he came back for the second time that people are really going to underestimate except for a couple of people that have played with him before like rob Amber maybe might not but i think a lot of people will yeah definitely you are up. Um, my next pick is uh, Sarah. Interesting pick. Mm-hmm. Why Sarah? Well, I've seen the games she played in both Kagiyan and Game Changers, and she does. She did switch up the way she played, so she knows that the way she's going to play this game, it has to be different in order to not be predictable. And she's probably going to go in there and do a complete different strategy than what she's done for the past two seasons. Plus, she she kind of has that intellect as well for from being a police officer. Then she so she can detect certain looks that are taking place, as she has already proven before. Plus, she has connections with a few people, which I think will work out well. Like Tony, is one of them there. See, I think Sarah uh, is in contention for the first boot of the season, personally. So. I think she can go that fast, but <laughs> we will see. But, I mean, um, 
because there have been some things that have come out where like people are saying um who they might want to vote out first and a lot of people actually have said sarah so mm, but okay. um we'll, we'll see what happens i think sarah is just a little bit too brash and i think she's a little bit too um full of herself from her first game or not her first game, but her winning season. I think she's a little bit too full of herself, and I think that's going to bite her in this season. I think she's going to overplay because she thinks too highly of herself, and I don't think she's going to be too humble about it. Yeah, so to be honest, kinda... <laughs> from from uh, from her season, I didn't even want her to win that. To be honest, I already knew who I wanted to win that, who deserved it more. That being Sari. Who did you want to win? Sari, okay. Just Sari deserved yeah, that. That was a crazy. That was a crazy travel where she went out. But... Yeah, Sari deserved it. I was on Team Troyzan because I was the uh, Troyzan game changer expert for RHAP, so I, I went over uh, his whole game and everything. But Sari um, <laughs> definitely, I would want to see win as well. Yeah. But my next pick, I am going to go with another female on the cast here. I am going to go with Denise Stapley. Uh, mm. <laughs> another one you wanted? <laughs> Stop taking my bloody picks. <laughs> <laughs> Denise was the winner of Survivor Philippines, and Denise has the distinction of being the only person to go to every tribal in her season and win. Uh, so she's the only person that survived every single tribal of the game. There's no one else yeah. in Survivor history that survived every single tribal. I totally forgot. Every tribal yeah. the entire season. Totally so, forgot about that. So basically, um, that should tell you right there. You know, Denise is a scrapper. I mean, Denise can go there and. You know, she can survive at any cost. And there were situations in her season where she was severely down in the numbers, like especially during the swap and stuff. But she still came out on top. And uh, I think she has enough tact and enough uh, drive to actually want to win again. And I think she's going to um, hold nothing back in doing so. I mean, her biggest ally in the game was Malcolm. And she was willing to cut him at Final Four because she knew if I take Malcolm to the end, like, Malcolm's going to win, or he at least, maybe he won't win, but he's going to pose enough of a challenge to me that it's going to be hard for me to win. So if I cut him here, I have a good track to win. And I, I think she's a smart player that is willing to cut her great allies if they are going to pose a risk to her. So uh, Denise, I think, has a great shot. Yeah, definitely a good pick. Um, So my next pick is Natalie. Good pick. I, I was possibly gonna pick her, but I went with Denise. Yeah, she, she, she. Uh, in her season, she played this very under the radar game, but still controlled it at the exact same time. So she was playing this like middle game, but did it so well in her season. Like I was rooting for her the whole time when I was watching it because of how good she planned things ahead and how long she. Like, there's a word that they use for the uh, that people use. Like, obviously, it's called patience. Natalie has it, but in a survivor, you don't see a lot of people having patience. You see them rushing through stuff. But with Natalie, when she had her threat in front of her, she was patient and she waited for the right moment to strike. Yeah, I think Natalie has a lot of great skills. Um, one thing I worry about with Natalie is she can be confrontational with certain people if um, they don't vibe with her i guess because she played a couple seasons of amazing race as well and um she also you know on her survivor season she fought with john rocker a little bit which i, I don't really blame her there i mean the, the guy doesn't seem like a, the nicest guy in the world but yeah um 
So I don't blame her for some of the people she fights with, but I just do worry that um, something could set her off about someone during the game, and uh, she might not get along with that. So I think she has the skills to keep that in check, but I um, just wonder whether it's going to come up. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's a fair enough opinion. That's kind of what I went with Denise over her, honestly, because Denise isn't really going to fight with anyone. Like, the only person that Denise really didn't like was Abby Maria, and, I mean, uh, from what we keep hearing, um, Abby Maria is a great person in real life, but on the island, uh, she's very hard to deal with, apparently, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, next, I am between two people. I'm actually between one male and one female. I don't know which one I want to take first. Mm. But I th I think I'm going to go with the female in this case. I'm going to go with Danny Boatwright. I was hoping he did do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think Danny is someone that's going to be super underrated in this season. I think she's going to be the one that's most forgot. Um, she is the winner survivor Guatemala season 11, and she actually has the distinction of being the first person ever from survivor Guatemala to be brought back. It was one of, uh, it was actually the only season of survivor history that no one ever come back from unless you count, um, Stephanie LaGrosa, but she wasn't the first-time player in that season. That was already a returning player. So no original player from Guatemala has ever come back until now. So it's kind of crazy to think about. And um, basically in her season, Danny went super under the radar. She even tried to hide things from production because she didn't trust production at the time. And uh, <laughs> I think Danny really could do that again. The one thing I worry about with Danny is this is a huge season, and it has a lot of gravitas this season where I think the players are going to want a winner that really represents, like, this is Survivor 40, all winners, like, this winner, like, represents that well. So I think getting to the end, Danny might have a hard time just having that gravitas because she her first win was so under the radar that I think it's going to be a hard climb for her to play a strong enough game this time that people are going to want to award her. Because if she plays two under the radar this time, I think she might get to the end and people will be like, yeah, but I don't really want you to represent the all-winner season. So it, it's kind of a catch-22. I'm not sure how that's going to play out if she gets there, but I think she could definitely get there. Yeah, definitely. You are up. Um, my next pick is Nick. Really? Well, I guess that was the one you wanted to pick. <laughs> Finally got one of yours. No, no, no. <laughs> No, Nick uh, is someone that I never would have picked. I had, really? I think Nick has zero shot to win this game, and Nick is the only person on the entire cast I will be pissed off if they win. Apart from poverty, but yeah. Poverty, if she if she wins it, she will at least have deserved it. Nick, I don't think will ever deserve this win. So that's my hot take. <laughs> but go ahead. What? Why do you want Nick? Why I want Nick is because of the way he played David versus Goliath in the sense of not just sticking to an alliance, because most people always get caught out with that and flipped on um, in this game, because it always happens. Like, he's always aware of a situation, and he knows that his social game will have people end up, like, talking to him about different stuff. So he's able to, he'll be able to, like, probably, in my, in my sense, I'm thinking about this right, is he'll be able to fit in and be covered up by all the other people that are bigger threats than him and he'll be able to play this very under the radar game to get to the merge and then just start acing everything 
all right. I mean, we'll see what happens. I think with Nick that kind of like Danny, I don't think he's ever going to get the respect to win this game. I think people are going to be like, well, you just won 37. You know, we're all winners of like, you know, a different era and stuff like that. Like, I don't think he's ever going to get the enough respect to win this. Like, because personally, I don't think he's even the best player on the season. Like, I think Mike White played way better than he did on a season. And I think Mike White absolutely should have won. Um, I, I really, I mean, I'm not trying to be offensive to any Nick fans out there, but I, I really don't respect Nick's win personally. And honestly, I wasn't a fan of David versus Goliath. I know that's a hot take. I know a lot of people are, but I, I am not a fan of David versus Goliath. Ooh, <laughs> you're stepping into soil there. <laughs> Yeah, but I I have I have weird takes like that. I mean, my favorite season of all time is um, actually the season of the person I'm going to pick next. So I'll kind of segue that there. Uh, my favorite season of all time was the season that this male winner won, Yul Kwan. So my favorite season was Cook Islands. Uh, Yul did an amazing job on that season. He's regarded as one of the top winners uh, ever. And it's so crazy to see him back because I thought we'd never see him back, not because he wouldn't want to play, but just because he's so successful that he really wouldn't need to come back. But um, he is coming back, and Cook Islands, I think, was such a cool season. I'll always remember that season, and it's actually one of the few seasons I own on DVD just because I like that season so much. (laughs) But um, Yule is an amazing player. He's very, very smart. He's very, very tactical, and... I kind of relate to him in that way. I think his problem in this game is going to be, one, people know he's smart, so he's going to be his target for that. They know how smart he is. They know how great he is at, um, you know, being tactical like that. His other problem is I don't know if he's going to be good enough socially to charm these other winners. I, I hope he is. I mean, I would love to see Yule win. I would be happiest person in the world if Yule won this thing, but... I just don't know. I mean, I think Yule does have a chance to go out pre-merge just because people see how much of a threat he is. I, I hope he doesn't. But yeah, we'll I think happens. I think the reason they'd vote him out pre uh, pre-merge is because of the unknown about him. And in my, that's the way I think about it because he's like they're, they're not going to be sure what type of game he's going to play. He's going to be like an unknown, so I could see them getting him off because of that reason. Well, we both have a couple. I have one pick left, and you have two. So make your eighth pick. My eighth. Um. Shit, this one's hard. Uh. I can't really think of one actually. As it is list now, I've expelled all the ones I wanted. Okay, so I'm gonna have to start picking ones that are bloody stupid ones because I had a few stupid ones. Well, we we have Parvati, Boston, Rob, Sandra, Tony, and Amber. That's what we have left. Oh, screw it. You know what? I was thinking about this logically. Poverty. Okay. I think that's a good pick. Because of the way she because the way she plays her games is a way that like has got her to the final twice out of the three times she's played. So like it's it's it like the way she plays is really good. Though I know she's gonna be a massive threat and probably one of the first to leave, right? But Let's just say, let's just say this, right? She goes to the edge and then comes back, and then she could just slot herself right in and win. Though I don't want another one of them because Chris doesn't deserve to win, you know, Edge of Extinction. <clears throat> just saying. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I think Parvati does have a shot at this. She's going to be a huge target early, but um, kind of like heroes versus villains, if if she um, gets through the initial part of the game, she could get into a spot where she could actually um, avoid that target for the rest of the game. So we'll see what happens. I, I think she definitely has the skills to win. I'm not a Parvati fan. Um, ever since her first season of Cook Islands, I've not been a Parvati fan. I don't like her, but I mean, I, I do see that she's a great player, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, my final pick. I'm, I'm gonna go definitely go with one of the females we have left for this pick. Um, and two of these players are gonna go undrafted. Remember, uh, I, screw. It. I'm gonna go with you know Queen stays Queen. I'm gonna go with Queen Sandra. Um, our only two-time winner here. And I think Sandra is gonna have a hard, hard battle to win this again. But, I mean, she has won twice, so she's already done what other people haven't done yet. So, I mean, with the four people that are left, I think all four of these people don't have a great shot to win. But I'm going to throw my last chip on Sandra. I mean, don't count her out. You know, um, she always has that strategy, anybody but me, and maybe she'll find a way. I mean, I, I like the way she played uh, in 34 when she lost. You know, she won season seven Pearl Islands. She won season twenty Heroes vs. Villains. Maybe she can do it again. I mean, I don't really think so, but I'm gonna throw a chip on Sandra and see what happens. Fair enough. And this is not gonna be a popular one, but I say for the exact same reason of if she can fit in like poverty, I say Amber. Yeah, I I was thinking about drafting her, so I mean, um, I, I understand that. Yeah, I say this because, oh, her husband's here, but if her husband got voted out, what threat does she become? And vice versa. Well, I think she'd still be a threat because he'd be on edge of extinction and people wouldn't, would be scared of him coming back with her. But Yeah, but if you think uh, about it this way, that. they'll be ready for when he comes back just to vote him back off again. Right. Like, they'll just... So, just if, we'll if, see. I mean... What, once... Once one of once one of those pairs get voted off, so say for example, for example, Rob's voted off, Amber will just become an afterthought. I think they'll be like, oh, we can just keep her as a shield until like a certain amount of time, and then we can just get rid of her. Like, I think that's how that game will go. So she's gonna have a very hard time doing anything, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think Amber could go under the radar. Just I think Amber's biggest issue is that Rob is in the game. If Rob wasn't here, I think Amber could absolutely win. With Rob there, I think it's going to be tricky for her, but I could see her, you know, pulling another All-Stars. I mean, she wants forever All-Stars, and she did it by um, being someone that people didn't really suspect as much because they are all focused on Rob. And at the end, she pulled it away from Rob because um, people were too pissed off about how Rob played. So um, so that does mean our two undrafted people are Boston Rob and Tony Vlachos. So Boston Rob was the winner of Redemption Island. He is one of the greats of Survivor, and he's one of the greatest of all time, absolutely. Um, but I think he's going to have so huge of a target this game that there's just, I don't see him winning. Like, I mean, yeah. he's going to have such a huge target. People are probably going to go for him before they even go for Sandra. So, like, I think he's going to have a huge, huge target on his back, and I can't see how he wins this game. I mean, 
the best chance I think he has is if he gets some of his friends together and they just kind of stick together. Like, you know, maybe if he gets Amber together, maybe he gets together with Tyson. Like, if he kind of pulls some kind of alliance like that, but he's not starting with uh, his wife, you know, start off. And I don't know. I mean, he's he could come Tyson. back from edge that. I think Boston Rob's best chance to win is pulling a Chris Underwood type win. I think it's his best chance. Yeah, which I don't want to see anyone do because it's, yeah. it's a it's a very scummy win to be honest. I agree, but it is what it is. So we'll have to see what happens. But uh, the other player we didn't draft is Tony Blockos. He was the winner of Survivor Kagian. Um, pretty much, I think the reason why we both didn't draft him is Tony is very over the top in the way he plays and. I don't think people are going to let him win again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he came back for Survivor 34, and he went out uh, second, and he just played over the top like crazy. I mean, he's extremely fun TV to watch, but it's going to be hard for him to actually win the game. Like, TV-wise, he's going to be great. You know, He's going to be fun to watch, but he goes too over the top. He has said that he's going to chill a little bit more this time, but I just don't know if he has that gear where he can chill because both times we've seen him, he's been over the top, over the top. So uh, we'll, we'll see if he can chill out. But um, if Boston Rob or Tony win, then Zombie and I have both failed. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> but um, so that is going to do it for our preview podcast. So my team is Tyson, Jeremy, Kim, Michelle, Ethan, Denise, Danny, Yule, and Sandra. Zombies team is Adam, Wendell, Sophie, Ben, Sarah, Natalie, Nick, Parvati, and Amber. And undrafted was Boston, Rob, and Tony. So those are our teams. Uh, I hope you all enjoy this preview podcast, or this preview segment at least. And we will be back next week to talk about the first episode. And we'll tell you, you know, who went out. We'll try to talk about um, maybe what they did wrong. And... Um, my prediction for going out first, I'm going to go with Sarah. Uh, you want to give a quick prediction first for out? A first one out? Um, Amber. I think Amber might. All right. So we will see. Um, we'll see what happens, and we will come back and see if we read about that. But, uh, Zombie, since you aren't going to be on for the rest of the podcast, where can people find you if they want to find you? Uh, you can find me on um, dis- on Blaze's Discord at ZombieClarama. Uh, you can also find me in Blazy Streams all the time. Yeah, and I will be coming back to stream very shortly. Um, I don't exactly know when. That's why I'm not announcing it, but I will be back to stream shortly. So uh, you all can continue on the podcast if you'd like to do so. I'd definitely love to have you. We're going to go on to segment three now. Segment three is going to be a solo segment with uh, just myself, and I will be kind of um, doing a personal segment. I'll kind of update everyone on what's been going on in my life, um, why I've been gone so long, and just kind of give you guys a, a sort of a status update of that. So uh, that's what's coming in segment three. I will see you in segment three. If you're heading out now, then uh, I will see you next week on the podcast. But thank you, Zombie, for being here. I appreciate you being here. Yep, no problem. All right, on to segment three we go. All right, thank you for sticking around, everyone. We are going to get into segment three now. Segment three is a personal segment. Um, I don't really have a good name for this segment yet. I'll probably change the name at some point, but basically um, it could be like a mental health segment or something like that. But essentially this segment is based on 
just whatever I'm uh, thinking about, you know, for that week, I'm going to uh, have in this segment. So it could be um, positive, could be negative. Um, for the foreseeable future, it's probably not going to be um, too uplifting, maybe, but because um, I've been going through a lot, but. Um, basically this week's segment, I just wanted to kind of let everyone know what's been going on and why I've been absent so long. Um, but before I do that, I should probably preface it with saying that it's hard for me to actually open up about my emotions. I've always kind of been that way. I've always been kind of closed off and... It's hard for me to actually let that out, I guess. Um, I basically just lock everything away, just keep pushing it down, and it's not exactly healthy, but I I don't know any other way. Um, and I'm trying to change that, and part of trying to change that is why I'm having this segment, because I feel like this will be a good chance for me to get some of that out and actually be more open. And you might've seen in the last few weeks, I've actually tried to be more open um, on the discord um, in some streams. I've been talking about what's been going on and I've tried to be more open about things because locking things away, it hasn't been healthy for me. And I think I've always, known that just it's the it's the fear of like actually letting that out and not knowing what the result's going to be and kind of fearing that the result is going to make things worse than it already is but basically if you weren't already aware um it was about a month ago that my technically we're still married. So my wife, um, cause nothing's like official paperwork wise yet. So, uh, you could say my ex-wife, my wife, but technically and legally we're still married, but we are not living in the same place anymore. Basically about a month ago, um, while I was at work one night, she just, kind of packed up and took off to a new apartment without any word to me at all. Uh, she took my daughter there and basically she just kind of um, left without warning. And not only that, without um, telling me in any way or consulting me, she also put my daughter into daycare um, like every day of the week, which I think is a good thing for her, but it also just hurts not to be talked to about that at all. And just like the whole blindside aspect of it is what really got me the most, I think, because I mean, we're over and I don't want to be here with her anymore. And that's one thing, but 
I just, I thought after all we've been through that she would at least have enough respect not to pull things like that on me because I would never do something like that to her. And then I love my daughter very much. And it's just hard with her, like, actually taking her away like that. And, like, that week she had told me that she wasn't going to let me see her. And we, we did work it out so I could actually see her still, but... But, like, she's just... She's kind of playing games with my head, basically, and playing with my emotions, and... It hurts and it's hard because like I try to be civil with her and I'm not you know being mean to her at all but she just takes that and then just kind of stops on it and like whether we like each other hate each other whatever like that shouldn't matter in terms of our daughter like I just want to be able to see her. And she also left me holding the bag with, like, this apartment and the lease and all that. And so I've had to stress about, you know, how rent is going to get paid, how, like, all these bills are going to get paid because, like, we're on this lease together, so I, I can't really cover all this on my own because it was set up to where we were covering together. And we were always supposed to finish the lease out, and then once the lease was finished, we go our separate ways. That's what we agreed on. But she just took off in the middle of the night. And so basically this is around, like, January 13th, something like that. Um, it was pretty bad at first. We kind of worked th on things a little bit more. We worked out a schedule for, um, like a parenting plan for our daughter. And basically that went for like a week. And then she out of nowhere wanted to change it again because she suddenly didn't like the plan we agreed on. And we went with that new plan and she didn't really like that so we changed it again. And like basically every time it seems like things are actually getting to an okay place that's when she tries to pull some kind of other blindside. And it sucks. It really sucks. And she does have a new boyfriend now. And I don't really care about that. But what I do care about is that I'm pretty sure that he is getting involved in all this. And I think that he is influencing her to be even more harsh or something but after like that period basically um things started to get pretty good actually um 
for the most part, you know, she was keeping her word with, like, uh, our parenting agreement. And this is all, like, verbal at this point. I mean, we haven't been to court yet. Um, we definitely will be going at this point, but I just don't know when because we need the funds to do it. But... Um, this is being recorded on a Sunday night before I go to work. Uh, Sunday night, February 9th, actually. And just for context for everyone, the first two segments of this podcast were recorded on Saturday the 8th during the day with Zombie. And that was right before I was supposed to see my daughter. So basically, immediately after I got done recording with Zombie, I was supposed to go see my daughter. And uh, I waited at our meeting place for an hour, and she never showed up. And then I get this really nasty text from her after she doesn't show up for an hour, basically saying that she's going to. Uh, try and like, or that she had already filed an incident report against me. Who knows what what for? Um, I found out that that was false. Um, I did contact the police just to see, and that was false. So she was just trying to bluff to screw with me. And. So she was threatening me about that. She was basically threatening me that um, I wouldn't be seeing my daughter on the weekends anymore. Because we had agreed to, I would get to see her on the weekends for some time. And then I'd see her my nights off. So she said I wouldn't see her on the weekends anymore. And she was also taking away one of my nights off. So basically, um, she was telling me that I can only see my daughter one night a week now. And that's it. But I can't pick her up until like 4 p.m. And I have to bring her back to daycare um, at 8 a.m. So and basically by the time I get her, I mean, she's only going to be awake for like maybe what, four hours before she falls asleep. So essentially she's trying to reduce my time with my daughter to four hours a week now. And it's hard. I mean, I'm trying to work with her still um and i know like i should partially be angry and everything and i am but i mean overall i just want to see my daughter like that's that's the main thing in my mind and and then she also has her dog, too, and I can't see him either. Because the only time I was going to get to see him was on the weekends, and now I can't even see him. So, I don't even know what I'm going to see him again. But, like, basically, just to give some more context on this, um, Thursday night... The 6th, she had come over to my 
apartment, or technically it's our apartment, but I guess it's sort of mine now, because she walked out without saying anything. Um, she said that she was in emergency, she had to use the bathroom, so I let her in, I'm like, alright, whatever, and she was here for like 20 minutes to a half hour, and then she left, and then Friday, everything was still fine. We even talked on the phone for like a half hour about um, some things regarding Arya that were coming up later in the month. And everything was fine. That was about like 2.30. And then all of a sudden, about like 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Friday night, the 7th, uh, I start getting bombarded with messages on Facebook from her, or it's from her account at least, and it was like asking questions about Thursday night, and like at first I'm like, I was answering them because I'm like, wait, what do you mean? Like, because it was asking about um, something we had talked about or whatever while she was here for a second, and uh I'm like, what do you mean you don't remember this? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you were right there next to me when we were talking about it. But later on, after analyzing it a little bit, I didn't really realize it in the moment. I think it was probably her boyfriend messaging me under her account. Um, and I got a bunch of nasty messages. So, like, um, she wouldn't be talking to me anymore and blah, blah, blah. All, all under her account still, so technically I don't know whether it was her boyfriend or her, but either way, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's either her boyfriend sending messages under her account, or he is basically influencing her to kind of not talk to me at all, which in most cases is fine. I mean, like, I'm not trying to have conversations with her about stuff that is, like, anything besides with my daughter and like any loose ends that need to be tied up. Like for example, you know, covering rent for like the next month. Like, so there's like loose ends that need to be tied up until this lease ends. And I really don't care about contacting my ex except for that and seeing my daughter. And other than that, I have no reason to contact her. But, uh, basically then as I said already, Saturday comes around, I record with Zombie, she doesn't show up, then I get the nasty message, and basically I'm told by whoever sent it that if I continue to contact her, they're going to file harassment charges against me, and it's just all complete bullshit, like, I'm not even, like, doing anything wrong to her or him or anything like I literally just want to solve whatever needs to be solved still between us like as far as you know rent as far as like uh for example her mail is still being delivered here so I have some of her mail so like she has to get her mail at some point like I want to give her her mail like I have to meet you in order to do that uh just little things like that for example but uh basically she won't really contact me now. I was supposed to see my daughter again today. Of course, she didn't really let me see her. The only response I got from her was some kind of encrypted message where 
she sent a picture of my daughter and our dog together. And that was it. No texts at all. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that things will somehow improve and she can literally just move on in a positive way because everything was civil until Friday night. But I think um, I think what happened is basically uh, her boyfriend, I think, found out that she dropped by and used the bathroom on Thursday night. And I think he didn't like that. And I think that's where it all came from. So I I really don't know if that's true or not, but that's my best guess is that he somehow found out she was here for like 20 minutes and he got pissed off. But yeah, so um, basically this is all what's been going on. I mean, I, I know it was kind of long-winded. I probably uh, tripped over the same topics like eight times, so I, I apologize if I did that. Um, and I'm sorry if this is going in circles, but I mean, I, I think it's probably a little bit obvious that um, it's definitely affecting me, and... This is why I haven't been making content uh, sooner. Because the plan was always to come back in January, like I had said originally. But um, the second week of January, she just kind of pulled this out of nowhere on me. And it, it really derailed all my plans. And it, it, it's still derailing my plans. But, like, she's kept me from doing what I love and making content for so long now that I, I just feel like I had to try and come back and it, it's not going to be an easy road back um i'm clearly still dealing with a lot of the mess of it and it's i'm still going to be dealing with it for a while because there's still going to be courts that we have to go to and it's a whole mess but basically i figure maybe it'll help me more if i just try to make content still and you know, hopefully all of you out there will understand if um, some of the content, I'm not as, like, happy and chipper all the time. And, I don't know, I just kind of figure that maybe it'll be good for everything if I just uh, am open now. Because I I'm not used to being open with everything I'm feeling, and I'm used to being, like, trapped inside my head basically and that's that's kind of what i do honestly a lot is i i trap myself inside my head and it's not exactly great i mean like besides going to work i haven't had any uh human contact in like three days and what i mean by human contact is like in-person conversation of any type like, I haven't spoken a word in person to anyone besides um, just a tiny bit at work in three days. And uh, while I don't mind that in most cases, like, with stuff like this going on, it, it does make it difficult for me because basically I just trap myself inside my own head even more. And I'm just replaying, like, everything. Like, I'm replaying, okay, uh... What if I did this differently? Would this have still happened? Or what if I did this differently? Would she still let me see my daughter if I did this differently? Or 
what if um, I did this or, you know, maybe I did this wrong. And like, if anyone knows Enneagrams at all, I'm a Enneagram 1W9. And I think that's kind of common for my, like, it's like a personality type type thing. And I think that's kind of common for my personality type to like be like that but basically um i'm just i'm pretty critical of myself a lot and it's something that i want to try and work on this year because i i know it's not anything that does anything good for me like it, it doesn't help to be as critical of myself as i am probably but in a, in a lot of ways, it's good because I like to make sure that I do a good job with what I do. But then there's other times that it, it just kind of sinks you down more. So, I mean, I don't know if anyone else out there has, you know, feels like this at all. Where, like, you just trap yourself inside your own head and you just you can't get out and... You know, the, the feelings and the thoughts, they just perpetuate over and over. And, like, even just this apartment, for example, that I'm in, like, it, it's hard being here completely alone now. Because, like, at first, when she first took off, I still had my dog here, at least. But now my dog's not even here because, um, basically, what was happening is I would have to go to work at night. And since she wasn't living here anymore... I had no choice but to leave my dog here while I was at work, and basically he was really sad, and he was um, crying while I was at work, and the neighbor complained about it, and I, I don't blame my dog, like, I understand why he'd be sad in that situation, and basically, um, because the neighbor's complaining everything, I had to send my dog with her, too, so now she has, now she's gone, my dog's gone, and my daughter's gone, and I'm literally in this fairly big two-bedroom place by myself and like while in a lot of cases I wouldn't mind that and like that's a good thing um with everything going on it it just kind of further compounds like me being trapped in my own head because especially with the memories of this place like like any corner I go to it's like oh yeah I remember we did that there, or, oh yeah, I remember when my daughter did that there, or, oh, I remember being on the balcony with, you know, my dog, and, like, it's just hard, I mean, like, I basically feel like, while I didn't want to be with my wife anymore, I still felt like, in some sense, I had family still, like, and I feel like basically out of nowhere I was blindsided and my entire family was just ripped away from me and now I have nothing but looking at a wall and remembering things and being the way I am like it's nice to have memories I guess but like the way my mind works, it's not always the healthiest for me because, like, seeing something and recalling a memory here while I'm literally here alone, basically, it just forces me to think, like, 
Oh yeah, I remember that. That was amazing. Oh wait, now now I'm here alone and nothing is amazing because my daughter's not here anymore and my dog's not here anymore and like I don't have any of that family dynamic anymore. Like I and I'm not naive enough to think that like this stuff wasn't coming. I mean, like I knew it was coming. Like I mean, obviously my wife and I were getting a divorce, and you know we're going to move our separate ways. I completely get that, and I'm fine with that. Like I want that myself. I mean, I I want the divorce, and I I want all that to happen. But like. It's just the, the suddenness of it that I wasn't prepared for mentally because our lease ends uh, end of May and I thought I still had time to, you know, straighten out loose ends and like prepare mentally for that transition. And I, I didn't have that time to prepare mentally. She just ripped the rug out from underneath me. And then after she ripped the rug out, she ripped the tile out of the floor too and that I was standing on a on a beam, basically. That's the only thing left, and she ripped the beam out too. So now I'm just kind of free falling. So that's kind of what it feels like. Like every time things feel like they're getting back to a place that's making some progress, like you know we're being civil to each other and like we can kind of move forward, then she just kind of rips something else away, and uh, she might be doing it on purpose. I don't know because. Obviously, being married for a couple of years, we know each other fairly well. We know how to push each other's buttons, and I'm not trying to do that to her at all because there's really no point. Like, I mean, I just want to be able to see my daughter and move on with life, but I think she might be intentionally trying to push my buttons because she knows how I get inside my own head, so I think she's trying to use that against me. But, yeah. So, I don't really know where I'm going from here yet. Um, this week, things might get better. They might get worse. I'm not sure. You know, by the time you hear this, um, it, it could have gotten a little bit better. It could have gotten a little bit worse. I really don't know yet. But hopefully, she starts communicating soon. And hopefully, I can see my daughter again soon. I mean, I'm supposed to have my daughter Tuesday and Wednesday night. She doesn't want me to see my daughter Tuesday night, but I'm going to try and make that happen anyways, and hopefully it doesn't cause problems, because that's what we agreed to, and now she's just trying to take it all away. But hopefully you all understand why I was gone so long now. Um, like, the original plan was for me to only be gone, you know, until like mid-January or something like that, but... Basically, as I was just gearing up to come back, um, she pulled the rug out from underneath me, and like the date I had planned, I had planned to return to streaming um, January 31st. I planned to do like an eight to ten hour stream that day on a Friday night, but she just kept, you know, throwing more jabs at me, and I couldn't come back like I wanted, and. I'm still not in a good headspace right now, but I'm I'm trying to come back anyway. So, you know, hopefully everyone um, enjoys this podcast where I'm returning. 
I'm sorry, you know, to depress everyone um, if that's what's happening with this uh, segment here, but um, you know, it, it, it's all real for me, and hopefully uh, that shows. And that's kind of what I want to change. Is I want the podcast and my content to just be more of a reflection of me, like. I love the gaming talk, and I love to analyze games and everything, but there's more to me than that, and I'm just hoping that um, everyone will, you know, want to explore uh, the rest of me as well, instead of just the gaming side, so. So that's why I decided that this will be a weekly segment, and I'll just kind of, you know, talk through whatever I'm feeling at the time, and, and hopefully, you know, you all will want to hear my thoughts on things, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's basically what I've been going through. Um, segment four each week will be, uh, Madness with Monty, and you all know Monty, he's one of our, uh, most prolific guests. Yeah, he started on the podcast back in episode five, and he's kind of stuck with us. Um, you will actually hear from Monty every week after this week. So this week we're not doing a segment with Monty just because scheduling didn't work out with him. But um, starting next podcast you hear, I should have a segment with Monty every week. And basically it's just going to be kind of like what it sounds. Uh, Madness with Monty will just be, you know, random stuff with Monty. Um, and I, I think the fun thing is I'm going to turn the podcast over to him for that segment. So he's going to kind of be the host for that segment and it'll be his segment and he can talk about whatever he wants each week and I won't really know what's coming. So he might like uh, do a mini game with me. It might be uh, a topic that's important to him or whatever he feels like talking about. So we'll, we'll just have some fun with it and uh, just, just have a good time. So, so normally after this segment, it would be kind of like a fun filled segment to kind of uplift things back up again. Because I know, obviously, um, this segment right here that I'm talking about right now, this this was not very uplifting, probably. And I apologize for that. But normally, the way I have it structured, it will go from like something that could be a little bit more down in this segment to more uplifting with Monty in the next segment. Just unfortunately, I couldn't get a schedule with him this time. But I I just felt it was important to really explain everything to everyone and really let everyone know why I've been gone so long. I mean, I, I didn't want to be gone that long, but it's just all been hard to deal with. And it really honestly would mean a lot to me if like um, any of you want to reach out and, you know, give me some thoughts on the matter and condolences or anything. But, you know, just, just hearing that other people, um, you know, that you're, you're thinking of me through this, um, it'd be nice, but obviously, you know, no one has to or anything. I, I don't expect everyone to, but, um, it would just be nice to hear from people in this, but, but hopefully, um, you enjoyed this episode 112 return here and hopefully you kind of enjoy the new format. If you do want to give me any of your thoughts on the new format, um, I would love to take those as well. If you want to give me your thoughts on everything I've been going through, I'd love to hear those. You can get a hold of me at theblazeexperience at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me on Xbox Live Gamer Tag or Twitter DMs at Blaze Experience. That's capital B L A I S E 
capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C. Uh, you can also get a hold of me on Facebook or YouTube, which will be in the show notes as well. You can get a hold of me on Discord, which will be in the show notes. And if you want to find the podcast, um, you already know where to find it since you're listening to it. But it's also on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Blueberry, uh, YouTube, as I said, and many of the directories. So just uh, check for it in any of your favorite directories. If you just Google the Blaze Experience, it'll be on there. If you don't like to have apps on your phone or something, then you can go into my Discord or I guess you'd have to have a Discord app to do that, but you, you get the idea. You, you can go to my Discord, and there's a channel out there that has direct download links. Any podcast I've ever done is in there, so all you have to do is click on it, and it'll automatically download the podcast for you. And um, I am going to be reworking the Patreon. I haven't had time to do it yet, but uh, if you want to help out on Patreon, Patreon is a way to just give back to content creators for the content they're making. And it's kind of a way to um, think of it like subscribing on Twitch or something like that. It's basically the same thing just for content creators that are doing more than like uh, just being on Twitch. Like, for example, I stream on Mixer, which is uh, Mixer.com slash Blaze Experience when I come back there. I didn't announce uh, stream time because I don't know when I'm streaming yet, but I will be back on Mixer.com slash Blaze Experience when I come back. But, for example, on Mixer right now, unless you're partnered, there's no way to sub. And I obviously podcast as well, so um, Patreon is one of the only ways right now to um, actually have a sub-like feature if you're not on Twitch. So, if you want to go to Patreon and uh, give back, I would definitely appreciate that, but it's not required by anyone. That's going to be patreon.com slash experience. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash blaze experience and i also have merch available as well if anyone wants any merch that is going to be teespring.com slash stores slash blaze experience that's t-e-e-s-p-r-i-n-g dot com slash s-t-o-r-e-s slash b-l-a-i-s-e-x-p-e-r-i-n-c so teespring.com Slash stores slash blaze experience and you'll find um, a bunch of different items there with our logo on it uh, there's shirts there's coffee mugs there's pillows blankets a uh, bunch of different things so check that out if you're interested in that but um, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's kind of stuck around um, during my hiatus and anyone that's coming back as well I, I appreciate you too so um, anyone that listens to this, I I really appreciate you. So it, it's it's nice to be back making content again. Um, even though I'm not mentally doing the best right now, it, it's it's nice to be doing this again, and it's kind of uh, therapeutic for me. So I'm I'm glad I made the decision to kind of come back. Um, so from the bottom of my heart, just thank you everyone for supporting me. I, I really really appreciate it. You know I, I love doing this and. Honestly, I just want to be at a position at some point where I can do this full time and just kind of bring joy to people and just help people uh, however I can because that's important to me and I want you know to bring joy and entertainment to others and I think um, you know talking about some of the issues that I'm facing maybe there's somebody else out there that's going to help. Um, I hope so. I mean so. Maybe there's someone out there listening to this tonight that 
you know, hearing me talk about my situation, maybe it helped them because maybe you can relate to it. So if you can relate to it, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Or even if you can't relate to it, um, you know, I'd love to hear from you anyways. But um, honestly, thank you everyone so much. Thank you for listening to The Play Experience.